Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Byte clear liners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you could pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available... On digital, Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery. A bombshell revelation from Bob Woodward's new book alleges that Chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff, General Mark Milley, reached out to Chinese leaders in the waning days of the Trump administration to assure them that he would call them in case of an imminent American attack. If true, this breach of the chain of command and undermining of a sitting president of the United States would arguably be unprecedented in our nation's history. So how is the left responding? Nothing to see here. In fact, they say he's a hero. Friends? It's time for Hold the Line. Welcome to Hold the Line. I'm Buck Sexton. So here's what we know so far. And no one is contesting the facts of this, really. It seems that there's actually a consensus forming that these conversations did happen. General Milley does not deny that they happened. And here's what CNN says. Milley took extraordinary action called the secret meeting. This is, remember, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff under President Trump in his Pentagon office on January 8th to review the process for military action, including launching nuclear weapons. Speaking to senior military officials in charge of the National Military Command Center, the Pentagon's war room, Mike, uh, rather, Milley instructed them not to take orders from anyone unless he was involved. No matter what you're told, you do the procedure, you do the process, and I'm part of that procedure, Milley told the officers, according to the book. He then went around the room, looked each officer in the eye, and asked them to verbally confirm they understood. Milley's fear was based on his own observations of Trump's erratic behavior. His concern was magnified by the events of January 6th and the extraordinary risk the situation posed to U.S. national security, according to the authors. Milley already had two back-channel phone calls with China's top general, who was on high alert over the chaos in the U.S. Okay, so... Here's what what this looks like. I mean, to anybody who's going to be honest about this, it seems like General Milley had created this frenzied scenario in his mind, hysterical scenario, really, where there was a need to prepare for the possibility of Trump trying in some breakdown moment to lash out and start a war with China. That's right. This is what this is all based on. Why? How? Well, it doesn't really matter, right? You're not supposed to ask those questions. And so he was willing to subvert the chain of command and even speak to Chinese officials, in this case, his counterpart in the Chinese People's Liberation Army, 
about how he would give advance warning if there was going to be a U.S. attack. People get very uncomfortable when they hear that because a member of the armed services doesn't like the sitting president, that very senior military individual offers to give advance warning about a U.S. military strike, which of course was never going to come, but the whole thing is so insane. But is it? Meaning, did it actually happen? Milley's spokesman, Colonel Dave Butler, responded to reports with this. The chairman of the Joint Chiefs regularly communicates with chiefs of defense around the world, including with China and Russia. His calls with the Chinese and others in October and January were in keeping with these duties and responsibilities, conveying reassurance in order to maintain strategic stability. Right. Okay, so he's just saying business as usual for the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. If that were the case, why would this be in Bob Woodward's book, right? Why would everybody say, whoa, what happened here? Because we just don't know anything. It's all so, it's above our pay grade, too sophisticated for us, right? Uh, meanwhile, they've all made it very clear that they believe that General Milley is uh, great, actually. Here's Jen Psaki saying the president has total confidence in his leadership. The president knows General Milley. He has been chairman of the Joint Chiefs for almost eight months of his presidency. They've worked side by side through a range of international events. Uh, and the president has complete confidence in his leadership, his patriotism, and his fidelity to our Constitution. Yeah. That's, of course, what they're going to say about this, because he's now essentially part of the hashtag resistance against Trump, even though Trump's not the president anymore, not even in elected office. But he's still the great boogeyman for the Democrat left. And of course, that means that you're going to have a lot of media talking heads, commentators, people who do what I do, but for the other side, for the bad guys. Uh, they're out there not only saying that this was not a big deal. I mean, that's certainly one defense that you knew they were going to raise here. But in fact, telling everybody that, you know, he's actually a hero. What Millie did here is fantastic. Watch this. Now... I don't blame General Milley for any of this. He felt he couldn't trust Trump uh, and that he needed to take any and all necessary precautions to prevent him from doing something dangerous. I think Milley was totally within his responsibilities and frankly, he'd have been derelict if he hadn't done this. He seems to be the greatest patriot uh, that was on duty during the previous administration. The greatest patriot on duty. Yeah. A huge hero, actually. You know, I was telling the Chinese, don't worry, our president's not crazy. Our, our president's not so crazy that he can start a war without me telling you about it first. Seems to be the condensed version of what the chairman of the Joint Chiefs was willing to say at the time. Now, what is the reality here? Well, you'll remember Lieutenant Colonel Alexander Vindman, who's no friend of the Trump administration, that's for sure. He was the national security official who supposedly blew the whistle as if there was a whistle to be blown on the phone call between Trump and Zelensky of Ukraine. Well, Alexander Vindman, he actually went on TV and said, no, what Milley did is wrong. He can't really do that. That's not cool. What we can't have is we can't have the senior military uh, officer acting without any oversight, exceeding his authorities, without civilian control. This is, again, a sacrosanct pr principle what happens if, in a different situation, the, the, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs acts be, what he believes in his own best interest, and, and uh, we find ourselves in, right. in the slippery slope 
of where many other countries find themselves. Even if he did this for the right reasons, he did the wrong thing, and uh, now he is toxic. In my mind, the guardrail is not an individual. The guardrail is a system. It's an institution. It's multiple officers doing the right thing. Mm -hmm. In this case, what's clear to me is, frankly, uh, Chairman Milley's tainted. Milley's tainted. Somebody who was a huge critic, obviously, tried to take down the Trump administration. It's now going on TV saying, yeah, well, you can't do what Milley did. That's not cool. Interesting, isn't it? Bit of a surprise, I guess, for some folks to see this. But nonetheless, if you're objective about this, if you refuse to buy into the hashtag resistance talking points, you recognize that this is yet another instance where because it's Trump, they'll say it's not treason. Although maybe technically this would not be treason. It would be insubordination, conduct un unbecoming, you know, whatever the UCMJ code that may apply here is. But it certainly puts people on edge thinking that a senior military officer, because he disagreed with the president, believed that he had some extraordinary authority to reach out to our greatest adversary, the Chinese military, and tell them, don't worry, our president's not that crazy, and I'll tell you if we're actually going to attack you? Trump certainly disagrees with this. He spoke out on Milley's back-channeling. Here's what he said. So, first of all, if it is actually true, which is hard to believe, uh, that he would have called uh, China and d done these things and uh, was willing to advise them of an attack or in advance of an attack, that's treason. And I would think I've had so many calls today saying that's treason, number one. Number two, it's totally ridiculous. I never thought of it. You were there. You were you knew what was happening in the White House. You have plenty of friends. You never heard the word China mentioned in a thing like this. You heard a lot of anger about China on trade, and we made a great trade deal. You heard a lot of anger on China with the China virus. But uh, for them, for him to say, for him to say that I would even think about attacking China. It's insane. Really, the problem here is how could we have someone who's the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff who is such a hysterical nincompoop? That's really concerning. I mean, that should worry all of us. After all, we, we depend on folks like him to make good decisions about national security. Not so much. All right, we'll have more on General Mark Milley's back-channeling to America's enemies with the first TV's Jesse Kelly. We come back. But I want to tell you about our latest sponsor to hold the line. One of the things we often discuss on this show is the messages our kids are being taught today. Cancel culture, wokeism, victimhood, socialism. Lots of bad ideas are bombarding our kids on a daily basis in their schools and through the media. Many parents are struggling to figure out how to teach your kids about good ideas like free markets, personal freedom, entrepreneurship, and more. That's why I'm so happy to have come across Tuttle Twins Books. These children's books help parents teach their kids conservative ideas. What's amazing is that they've sold over 2.5 million copies, so clearly they work. Kids love them, and parents love that their kids are learning the ideas of freedom. And the Tuttle Twins team is doing a special deal just for people that watch this show. You need to go to TuttleTwins.com and use the promo code BUCK. They're going to give you 40% off the kids' books and also include all their activity workbooks for free. That's a huge deal. So if you've got kids and want to make sure they're not brainwashed with bad ideas, then do your family a favor and get the Tuttle Twins books today. Again, TuttleTwins.com, code buck for 40% off. First TV's Jesse Kelly joins us next. In the new tell-all from Bob Woodward and Robert Costa, Peril. 
Turns out, two days after the January 6th insurrection, Joint Chiefs Chairman Mark Milley feared the former president would launch a nuclear war. That is a bombshell revelation. A bombshell about a bombshell that could bring about the revelation. But going nuclear makes sense for the former president. After all, he is a fat man who acts like a little boy. Usual suspects circling the wagon around, wagons around General Mark Milley justifying and defending his alleged actions, which, if true, represent the greatest breach of the civilian military chain of command in recent memory. Let me bring in somebody who I know is going to have strong opinions on this, because he always does. Nationally syndicated radio talk show host and host of I'm Right with Jesse Kelly, right here on the first TV, Mr. Jesse Kelly. Uh, This seems like kind of a big deal, but I know that if it's Trump, they say it's not treason for some reason. You were in the military, Jesse. What do you make of it? Yeah, I think Mark Milley should uh, be prosecuted for his crimes before the month is over and never see the light of day in a federal prison before. And in fact, if warranted, if it's even allowed by law, Mark Milley should actually uh, probably be subject to capital punishment. I'm not trying to be over the top. I believe he should have a trial, a fair trial, but high treason from the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff. I don't know that there is a worse crime you could possibly commit. Buck, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff called China and said, hey, we'll give you a heads up if we're going to attack. That's high treason. Either we're a nation who cares about continuing on or we don't. And if we're not going to hold these people to account and there's no indication he's going to be held to account, then we're simply not going to go on anymore. Buck, we're not going to last much longer. We won't. What was he thinking? I mean, to the degree that we can know that, I know that no one can truly know, but what do you think is going through this guy? He's a career military officer, right? He's been in the game a long time. And he thought that this was okay? How? I... I actually have a theory on this. I was thinking about this last night, Buck, because I had that exact same thought go through my head. You know, assuming he's got an IQ above a grapefruit, and like you said, he's a military guy, in what universe would he think that this was appropriate? And, and, And this is what I came up with, and I think I'm dead on. Donald Trump was such a threat to the system, so disdainful to the system that controls everything in this country, that the second he was elected, Everybody from generals to journalists, everybody decided anything and everything was acceptable in the effort to stop him and get rid of him. There were no rules anymore. There were no laws. There were no norms. We'll send the FBI to wiretap his campaign. We'll try to impeach him twice for nothing. We'll we'll call China and tell them not to listen to him. They just decided rules and norms. The situation was so desperate, rules and norms and laws didn't mean anything else before, which is fine. Okay, fine. You sold out everything, but they all had better understand that toothpaste doesn't go back in the tube. Now you have Americans on the, on the other side, Americans like me, who say, okay, no rules then anymore. If that's the way we're going to play it, you just decided the rules of engagement, and I don't think they're going to enjoy that for, for as long as they think they're going to enjoy it. I know that we had the commander-in-chief, because that is technically what he is, Joe Biden, Specifically refer to the Millie controversy today. And Jesse, I wanted to have your react. Here's what he said. Sir, did General Millie do the right thing, sir? Thank you. Thank you, General Let's go. I have great confidence in General Millie. I just want to say that this is not surprising at all. But beyond that, I've been arguing, Jesse, today that General Millie, as far as the left and the Democrat apparatus is concerned, 
uh, is now a, a hero. Some of them are openly saying this for doing what he did. And also, I think that he's probably adding zeros to whatever book deal he gets when he's out and whatever speaking gigs uh, he's going off on when he's no longer in public office. They're going to reward him for this, essentially. They always do. Their biggest failures get rewarded. You're so right, Buck. I mean, the, the great Rush Limbaugh said that all the time. They promote their failures, and they do. Milley's not going to resign. He's not going to be fired. He's not going to. certainly never going to see a day in federal prison. You just mentioned his book deal. I think I, I bet you, buddy, I can already predict the title at this point in time. It's going to be something like Courage to Make a Stand or something stupid like that. Yeah. And he's going to make five, six million dollars on it. And you mentioned the lecture circuit. He'll be making 100 G's to go out to Howard University and speak for 20 minutes. Mark Milley is going to live high on the hog for the rest of his life, because the truth is, in this country now, because we're broken and corrupt and rotted, if you serve the system, life is good. It's really easy. Life is easy and profitable to serve the system. Now, if you're against it, they'll destroy you. But if you just prove to be a loyal servant to the system, you'll be taken care of. There's a, a very savvy analyst of the political and national security scene uh, named Jesse Kelly, who had this tweet that we pulled today. Trump so terrified the system that everyone from generals to journalists decided anything and everything was acceptable in the effort to purge him. In doing so, they permanently adjusted acceptable norms in this country, and that toothpaste doesn't go back in the tube. Jesse, I mean, I agree. Journos were pretty open about this, actually, after a while. They, they just decided it was too impossible to keep the, oh, we're, we're impartial, neutral observers who provide information. No, no person with an IQ above that of a toaster, you said a grapefruit, would believe that. But it was true of leftists within the system, too. I mean, the commies running around within the federal government also seem to take it upon themselves to break whatever rules they wanted in order to stop the great orange menace. Bucket was Republicans, too. Republicans, too. I mean, you have guys like uh, that loser, Justin Amash. He's been, you know, the libertarian's libertarian for so long. Small government, government should be small. You know, libertarian ideology was great. That's fine. Coming out in favor of the Mueller investigation. Okay, so we had a two-year investigation that turned out to be totally bunk, kneecapping Donald Trump's presidency, and by the way, completely abused his rights as a citizen, and Mr. Libertarian decided, well, Trump's too bad, It does, laws don't matter anymore, libertarianism doesn't matter anymore. They all decided it, Buck. All of them. And what's wild is it's not just journos. Okay, journalists are losers. It is generals. It's FBI directors, CIA directors. The stuff the CIA directors, current and former, say about Donald Trump, it, it's crazy. The, the, the people who lead this society now, they all conduct themselves like rabid 18-year-old college kids who just had his introduction to socialism and he loves it. That's how they act and they think they think there's never going to be a blowback for this. When you adjust norms like this and you tell people rules don't matter anymore and laws don't matter anymore, and it, look, anything, anything goes, okay, be careful what you wish for, because if anything goes, then anything goes. Jesse, good to have your voice here, my man. Talk to you soon. Be good, boss. The results are in, and Californians have chosen not to recall Governor Gavin Newsom. We'll take a look at the results in tonight's Buck Brief. But right now, I want to tell you about my friends at My Digital Money. Seems like everybody wants to get into crypto these days, right? Bitcoin, Ethereum, there are dozens of digital tokens out there, but it's not easy to get started. That's where My Digital Money comes in. It's an easy-to-use, self-trading crypto IRA platform with concierge-level customer service. 
It's one of the few US-based cryptocurrency companies that will answer your phone call and help you get started. And because your comfort and security is their absolute top priority, they offer an unparalleled military-grade security for your coins, trigger orders to help you secure opportunities without having to actually worry about you know, those losses watching those too, a play money account so you can test the market, and the crypto market's heating up, so this might be the best time to get into this exciting technology-based investment. When it comes to your money, you deserve a team of dedicated professionals who have your back, speak to you honestly, and treat you like a human, not a number. Check them out at MyDigitalMoney.com. That's MyDigitalMoney.com. We'll be right back with more Hold the Line. A majority of Californians have voted no on recall, which means Gavin Newsom, I know, he's going to keep his job steering or destroying America's most populated state. The governor was facing a recall drive sparked last year over accusations, true ones, that he mishandled his state's response to the coronavirus, and yet Newsom actually increased his percentage of support this year to 63.9% from 61.9% in 2018. Not good, California. We'll take a closer look, though, in tonight's Buck Brief. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. I mean, what is it going to take for the Democrats in California to realize, sure, they can push at the national level for things like open borders and abortion all nine months of a pregnancy and weak foreign policy and all that stuff. But don't they want effective state and local government too? Don't they want clean streets, good schools, low crime rates? Don't they want somebody who can handle the power grid so that you don't have brownouts, so you don't have uh, the worst fires, uh, wildfires in a generation? I mean, don't they want somebody who actually knows what they're doing when it comes to governance? Apparently not, because Governor Gavin Newsom sucks at all that stuff. And yet here he is going to continue to be the governor of the most populous state in the country. It's pretty depressing. I mean, I know there are a lot of Californians who voted against him and God bless, there's room for you in other red states across the country. And I would seriously consider if I were you going, I'm already thinking about how I can get out of crazy New York City. But here's what Gavin Newsom's victory speech sounded like, watch. But no is not the only thing that was expressed tonight. Uh, I want to focus on what we said yes to. We said yes to all those things that we hold dear as Californians, and I would argue as Americans, economic justice, social justice, racial justice, environmental justice, our values where California's made so much progress. And so I'm humbled and grateful to the millions and millions of Californians that exercise their fundamental right to vote 
and express themselves so overwhelmingly by rejecting the division, by rejecting the cynicism, by rejecting so much of the negativity that's defined our politics in this country over the course of so many years. So oily and disingenuous and gross, but he's going to continue to be the governor because Democrats figure, well, he's not Trump and Trump is bad and, you know, whatever. Trump's not even running. You know who was? Larry Elder, a good man, a native Californian, a guy who would have done things to make life better for the people of that state. Larry's a good guy and he conceded. Here's, I know it's a sad moment. Here he is conceding. We recognize that we lost the battle, but we are certainly going to win the war. We're forcing, we are forcing them now to pay attention to the problem of homelessness. We are forcing them now to do a better job on schools. We are forcing them now to do a better job on clearing our forests. We're forcing them now to do a better job about energy. We are forcing them now to pay attention to the things they should have paid attention to two years ago. Is there anything in that, by the way, that would make you think, yeah, wow, Larry Elder, what an unreasonable guy, what an extremist. Remember when Joe Biden said that he's basically Trump? In fact, I remember when the LA, LA Times published an op-ed saying that Larry Elder was the black face of white supremacy, a really ugly, nasty, underhanded commentary. But this is what happens when you go into the Democrat power base that is California and stir things up a little bit. Oh, speaking of the LA Times, here's what they said. They celebrated Gavin Newsom's recall win over extremist intolerant Larry Elder, calling it a sigh of relief. They wrote, after months of worrying about the fate of California, we will sleep easier now that Governor Gavin Newsom will not be removed from office early and be replaced by right-wing provocateur Larry Elder, a radio host with no experience in elected office and who doesn't seem interested in being a governor for all Californians, Always, only those who share his extremist intolerant views. Notice, what are his extremist intolerant views. Do they ever feel the need to explain that to you? I'm just wondering, what are those extremists intolerant? Maybe they could tell us? No, just call them names. Do what they usually do. Uh, right-wing provocateur? He's a radio host. Why is, I mean, I'm a radio host. I mean, I wish I was a provocateur. That sounds kind of fancy in French. Anyway, Alyssa Milano offered her congratulations to Newsom and his first partner, Jennifer. Congrats to Governor Gavin Newsom and first partner Jennifer Siebel Newsom on their huge election win. This is the radical change we need, keeping unqualified Trump clones out of office, no matter who supports them. Notice this. I mean, Alyssa Milano is, is honestly just very stupid. And I've interviewed her and I can speak. She's just not smart. I mean, you know, I don't know. She's an actress. Other than that, you see what you see. Uh, but how is this change that we need? It's the same guy who is making California, for a lot of people, a unaffordable, unlivable hellhole. But, you know, you get to put the stuff on your Instagram about BLM and, you know, whatever else you want to write there. You know, save the whales, climate change. I don't know. No one ever talks about the whales anymore. I guess we saved them. But you know what I'm saying? The environmentalist stuff. They get all crazy about it. Dan Gaynor wrote an op-ed that says the Newsom recall campaign brought out the worst in our liberal press. He wrote that the recall of incompetent leftist California Governor Gavin Newsom is over. He won. The biggest loser is our liberal news media. The campaign brought up the worst in the press, bias, insane character assassination, false claims of racism, and more. In other words, pretty much what journalists do to conservatives every single day, only this time it was all aimed at conservative African-American Larry Elder. 
Look, we all know that if Larry Elder were a Democrat, the entire tone, everything about the media coverage of this race would have been quite different. Uh, and personal, but in a, in a different way, insofar as they would have done everything they can to hold him up. I mean, Larry Elder is the American success story, and yet Democrats did everything they could to, and the Democrat press, I should say, they call themselves journalists, but they're actually just scribes for the, uh, the DNC and for the uh, Democrat state party in California. Uh, Larry fought a good race out there. I, I wish we could be celebrating his victory today, but instead California is stuck with Gavin Newsom. So I hope all the libs running around in San Fran and LA and other places along the coast Enjoy stepping in the poop and stepping over the needles and watching people steal in broad daylight in front of their kids and the failing schools and the stupid mask policies because they voted for what they want and they should get it long and hard. All right, tensions are, tensions are rising in the Far East as North and South Korea fired off ballistic missiles mere hours apart this morning. Gordon Chang joins us after the break to analyze the latest developments, but let's talk about that morning cup of coffee. If you're like me, you got to start your day with a nice dose of caffeine. And that means Black Rifle Coffee. Black Rifle Coffee is a veteran-owned company that serves premium coffee to people who love America. They develop their coffee with the same mission focus they learned while serving our great nation. With every purchase you make, Black Rifle Coffee gives back. In 2020, they donated over 6 million cups of coffee to veteran law enforcement and first responder causes. Their high-quality coffee beans are imported all the way from Colombia and Brazil. They carefully roast them at facilities in Tennessee and Utah, and they even have a signature roast called Lava Panther, that's directly sourced from a small farm in Guatemala. Well, the temperatures are cooling off, don't forget to keep enjoying the great outdoors fueled by Black Rifle Coffee. The best way to do that, the Black Rifle Coffee Club. When you join, your chosen brew is roasted, packaged, and shipped free to your door. You also get special discounts on roasts and gain access to exclusive products and much more. Purchase at blackriflecoffee.com buck. Use code buck at checkout for 20% off your purchase and your first coffee club order. We'll be right back with Gordon Chang. Stay with us. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. North Korea and South Korea both test-fired ballistic missiles this morning, the latest hailstorm in an arms race that has seen both countries develop arsenals of increasingly sophisticated weaponry. These missiles directed the east coast toward the country of Japan have prompted their prime minister to announce the action, uh, deeming the situation as absolutely outrageous. The United States Indo-Pacific Command swiftly issued a response. We are aware of the missile launch and are consulting closely with our allies and partners while we have assessed that this event does not pose an immediate threat to U.S. personnel or territory or to our allies. The missile launch highlights the destabilizing impact of DPRK's illicit weapons program, 
the U.S. commitment to the defense of the Republic of Korea and Japan remains ironclad. Gordon Chang, author of The Great U.S.-China Tech War, joins me to discuss. Also, please follow his Twitter handle at Gordon G. Chang. Gordon, thanks for being here. Thank you so much, Buck. Tell us what the significance of this is. We got missiles being fired. We got North Korea involved. What's happening? Well, North Korea decided it no longer wanted to be ignored. So over the weekend, we had the cruise missile launches. Today, we had the firing of two ballistic missiles, which, by the way, appeared to have fallen into Japan's exclusive economic zone. That's international water, but that is considered to be hostile. And as you point out, just a few hours after those North Korean launches, we had the South Koreans do something which was somewhat unprecedented. This is like the seventh nation in the world that can launch a ballistic missile from a submarine. But South Korea is the only country to have done so without a nuclear arsenal of its own. South Korea has been caught with dangerous uranium experiments. So who knows where this is all going to lead? Well, yeah, what do you think is going on here? I mean, I think the, the part of this, you, you point out that North Korea is acting out almost like a spoiled child in the international community sense because it wants attention. New, right? The Biden administration, Biden's team probably wants to show their foreign policy bona fides by you know, bending the knee and offering concessions to Kim Jong-un. But I, I want to know, what's the South Korean play here? Why are they firing off missiles? Well, the South Korean has, the military has been continually upgrading missiles. Um, but the South Korean military is very different than the South Korean president, Moon Jae-in, who is very pro-North Korea, very pro-China. And this comes at a time where the South Korean people are actually becoming anti-China. China is now less popular in South Korea than Japan, which is a stunning development. So Moon Jae-in, um, the president, he wants to deal with North Korea. And North Korea understands that. They know that Moon is in office only for a few months more because he's up for re-elect. He's up for um, his, his only term ends uh, next May or so. So this is a really important time for Kim Jong-un. He needs sanctions relief. And the way to do it, he believes, is to launch missiles. The prime minister of Japan denounced the missile firings in the direction of his country. Uh, he said, the government of Japan is determined to further step up our vigilance and surveillance to be prepared for any contingencies. What is, what is Japan going to do if, the, uh, if its Korean neighbors are both advancing their missile technology? And obviously, North Korea, with its nuclear arsenal, is the one that we're particularly concerned about. Well, I think what Japan's going to do is call up the United States. We have a mutual defense treaty. And if there's going to be problems in East Asia, all the players are going to be involved in one way or another, because we've got to come to defense of Japan. Um, Japan is going to go to the defense of Taiwan. Uh, China right now is in making very belligerent noises. They've got internal problems, Buck, right now, where you've got a real estate company, which looks like it's going to go belly up could take the Chinese economy and financial system with it unless Beijing rescues it. So right now, Beijing has a lot of incentive to cause problems around the region to distract the attention of the Chinese people from some pretty bad economic and financial management. China's state-run media, you mentioned what's going on over there, published an op-ed from its editorial board vowing that China's military will soon confront the U.S. in a hostile exchange. Quote, the U.S. will definitely see the PLA show up at its doorstep in the not-too-distant future. Two sides, warships and aircraft on the seas will, will carry huge mutual strategic hostility. 
the two countries will not yield to each other. Once the situation gets out of control and triggers military clash between China and the U.S., we must give full play to our home field advantage. China will definitely win once there's a war. Okay, so this is, you know, this is belligerent rhetoric and, and you know, saber rattling and rah-rah, the talking points, the whole, the whole thing. But something to be worried about, Gordon? I mean, is it, is it showing a change in mentality from people that actually make decisions in the Chinese Communist Party? I think so, Buck. And the reason is, after the fall of Kabul, we saw a massive propaganda blitz saying that the United States couldn't defend its allies, specifically referring to Taiwan, but the implication is also Japan, Philippines, Australia, and at the same time that the United States couldn't stand up to China. Um, this is occurring at a time where the Chinese leadership is really very aggressive. They think the U.S. is falling apart. And when the the general who is the, the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff calls them up, it reinforces that notion that the U.S. is in terminal decline. So Beijing believes it can do pretty much what it wants. And that change in mentality is important, especially because they are building those 345 or so silos for their DF-41 missile. They're going to use that to intimidate anyone that wants to come to the rescue of Taiwan. And, and this is this could actually be the start of history's last war. What is your take on the General Milley back channel to China, Gordon? You, you mentioned some of what the Chinese perspective would be in a broad sense, but how did it strike you when you saw those initial reports that Joint Chiefs of Staff Chairman Milley was reaching out to the equivalent in the People's Liberation Army of China? I, I thought the word that came to my mind was treason. Um, I don't know if it actually is, but it is near treasonous. Um, you know, General Milley says, well, the Chinese, that they heard in, uh, intelligence that the Chinese felt that Trump was going to strike them. Well, first of all, that information was not shared with the president. And also, there's no indication that the Chinese actually felt that. We didn't see any unusual movement of their military forces. There was no civilian preparations. And there were no propaganda changes. So I think that um, General Milley was played by the Chinese or he's just plain out lying. I don't know which, but this was wrong because this put us at risk. It made the Chinese more bold because they think we're in trouble. And that means that this risk that we've been talking about to countries in the region and to the United States is now higher because of what General Milley did. He Gordon, must be relieved of command. I, I want to know what, what you think about how the Chinese government now may try to run the scoreboard up, so to speak, against this befuddled and inept Biden administration. What are some of the areas where you think they'll push even more, the Chinese? Two places. They'll push in Taiwan and, and perhaps Japan as well. So South China Sea, East China Sea. But they'll also push India in Ladakh, high in the Himalayas, because India could be directly adversely affected because Pakistan will feel emboldened now that it has a safe, secure border on Afghanistan. At least that's what I think some people in Islamabad believe right now. And that means that there could be problems all around China's periphery. Gordon, always appreciate the expertise. Thanks for making the time for us. Thank you, Buck. Yet another COVID hypocrite has been exposed, this time a high-profile governor candidate. We'll tell you who it is and show you the photos coming up in quick hits. But I want to tell you about my friends at My Digital Money. Everyone wants to get in crypto these days, right? Bitcoin, Ethereum, there's so many digital tokens out there, but it's not easy to get started. That's why you need to try My Digital Money. They'll actually answer your phone call, help you get set up, help you get going. It's one of the few US-based companies that will answer your phone call and help you get started. 
Your comfort and security is their absolute top priority. They offer an unparalleled military-grade security for your coins, trigger orders to help you secure opportunities for gains, a play money account, all of it, right? A lot of really cool features. Crypto market's heating up, so this could be a great time to get into this exciting technology-based investment. You deserve a team of dedicated professionals who have your back and speak to you honestly. That is My Digital Money. Go to MyDigitalMoney.com. That's MyDigitalMoney.com. We'll be right back with Quicken. A Virginia teacher lowers the bar for what is considered white supremacy and another high-profile COVID hypocrite gets busted on an Amtrak train. We've got those stories coming up in Quick Hits. Let's get to it. Okay, so first off, we have a Virginia teacher. Look, let me take a step back for a second. We will often say here, I will say this on the show, that the left's position is now effectively anything that they want to attack, they'll make a case is racist. They also will just say that anything that they want to is racist because they don't explain it. There's no reasoning or rationality behind it. It's just kind of, well, that's racist. And sometimes when they say things are racist, what you find is that their implications that led to that analysis feels a whole lot more racist. I know we're kind of running in circles here, right? But that's what they do all the time. Here is a teacher in Virginia, I'm giving you a case in point here, a teacher in Virginia who is claiming that sitting quietly and following directions is white supremacy. So if PBIS concerns itself with positive behaviors, um, we have to ask ourselves, okay, well, what are those positive behaviors? And it's things like making sure that you're following directions and making sure that you're sitting quietly and you are in your seat and all these things that come from white culture. The idea of just sitting quiet and being told stuff and taking things in in a passive stance is not a thing that's in with many cultures. So if we're positively enforcing these behaviors, we are by extension positively enforcing elements of white culture, which therefore keeps whiteness at the center, which is the definition of white supremacy. I mean, uh, my mind blown. There is no level of delusion or stupidity that is too much for truly woke believers in the leftist orthodoxy. There's nothing that they can say out loud that they'll just decide, hold on a second, that makes no sense, that's really dumb. No, is that what the woke people say? If the answer to that is yes, then they're all about it. Now, you know, if you watch this show, that I absolutely hate mask mandates and mask policies. They're stupid, they don't work, it doesn't do what they said it was gonna do. It is oppressive. It's meant to create a visual and physical manifestation of our submission to the Fauciite madness. Right? Masking is the gateway drug for all the terrible stupidity that we have seen from the Fauciites during this COVID pandemic. And so that's why whenever there's a moment of hypocrisy here, wherever you see somebody who all of a sudden is incapable of actually doing what they want others to do, people will start to say, Mm, what's going on here? Virginia gubernatorial candidate Terry McAuliffe was recently on the Amtrak, which is where all the fancy DC, you know, Acela Corridor, New York DC people hang out. And uh, there, you'll notice something about this. You'll notice something about this photo. He didn't have a mask on. Wait, hold on a second. But hold on, there's a sign there that says everybody has to wear a face mask even though you're sitting there and it's dumb and if you're eating, you pull your face mask down, this makes no sense. They don't care. They want compliance. This is under federal regulation and so they make you do this 
anyway. And yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. This is another, speaking of crazy, there's a story. The mayor of Hudson, Ohio, Craig Schubert, told school board members at a meeting that they have to resign or be charged after a judge called a high school course material child pornography. Watch this. Members of the board, my name is Craig Schubert. I'm the mayor of this city. It has come to my attention that your educators are distributing essentially what is child pornography in the classroom. I've spoken to a judge this evening. She's already confirmed that. So I'm going to give you a simple choice. You either choose to resign from this Board of Education or you will be charged. Thank you. Uh, I mean, I, we, we need to uh, get a little more background here. First of all, I, I don't know. How, I mean, the mayor, the mayor doesn't make prosecutorial decisions, so I, and neither does a judge. So there's some stuff here that, uh, but anyway, the point being, apparently they were distributing some really, call it inappropriate, it's an understatement. What they're, what they're saying here was in some way uh, tantamount to, he said it seemed close to child pornography. I don't, I don't know. But they are teaching kids a lot of stuff in schools these days. At a very young age, you'd say, what's really going on with this? And what are they showing them in order to teach them this stuff? All right, Dr. Uh, Rips Montcomy, uh, Montgomery County, rather, Maryland School Board over its policies about quarantining uninfected kids. Listen to this. I am Dr. Marjorie Smelkinson, and I'm an infectious disease scientist and have four elementary school students. Last Thursday, most of my son's grade was quarantined because of one COVID-like symptom. Not a COVID case, just a headache. Quarantines based on symptoms will result in our kids sacrificing yet another year to, of, of their education to ridiculous and unscientific policies. This policy put a thousand kids into quarantine in just four days. It is the strictest in the nation and goes far beyond CDC and state recommendations. Again, we are a national outlier. Why have you placed so little value on in-person education? Why are you adhering to a policy that will continue to needlessly keep kids out of school? They don't have answers to those questions. You're not allowed to ask questions. That's the whole point, right? That's what they tell you. That's it for tonight's Hold the Line. The No Spin News with Bill O'Reilly is up next. Jill's high.